hey guys, you know, we're, we're going to start this episode and, you know, we're, we're, what we're going to be talking about today is, is kind of relevant to the reason why we didn't start on time. Um, you know, when, when you're, when you're running a podcast, specifically when you're running a podcast and posting about it on social media and trying to figure out a topic to do, all those things kind of come into play here. And, and when your brother decides to take a shower five minutes before we're supposed to start the podcast and then you know continue to talk even while we're we're actually like starting the podcast and not really paying attention to anything whatsoever also changing the topic on us last minute you know it's those moments where we really have to understand that you have to be responsible on social media in when being a presence on the internet so connor you failed no <laughs> what no. Are we live? <laughs> that was so perfect. I can't even describe it. I finally plugged in the cord. It's, it's literally stupid. It was plugged into the same outlet that this light is plugged into, and it wasn't working. I was like, what? Anyway, what's going on? <laughs> This is the Christian artist honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. And my name is Carly. And we are here to talk about the topic, the responsibility of social media. And I realize I haven't actually changed that topic in Twitch at all. I don't know if it will actually show up for people that it's that I've changed the name of this because I already started a stream. Um, but you know, it's fine. Connor just, you know, thought about it last second that we should change the topic and do something else. Um, but, uh, what are we talking about here? Uh, well, I think Carly has a story to share with us to kind of <laughs> segue us into this, this whole thing. So go ahead. Um, yeah. So a couple weeks ago, my high school had some interesting things happen where, my, our principal um, said something very stupid on social media and got a lot of media attention for it, um, which then threw our school into kind of panic mode because like there were rumors of like bomb and shooting threats. And then we had a, a lockdown that lasted for like 25 minutes where we weren't sure what's, what was happening and stuff. And it turned out to just be, um, a parent had thought that two students looked suspicious, even though they weren't, but it was an interesting week and my school made it in the New York Times. Um, and so we've kind of just been thinking a lot about like, you know, people have said, oh, the principal had the right to say what she did on social media because, you know, free speech, but like there is a certain level of responsibility that comes with being the principal of a high school in a very small community yeah um that you know gets you attention when you do something that's unusual um so yeah we're going to talk about like what kind of responsibility do you have as a leader to act certain ways on social media yeah and then, and, you know, just in general um if we're we're a christian <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be an ambassador for christ we're supposed to be yeah um a leader in some way shape or form right like if you're 
uh, post, you know, have any presence on social media. And so that always applies, um, even if you're not necessarily the principal of a high school. So uh, you have a sphere of influence um, and you have to be responsible with it. So, yeah, Connor, what are your thoughts? Well, to start off, I would say let's define. Um, okay, well, well, okay, well, let's, let's start off by saying if we want to make a, a general comment on how to handle yourself on social media, mm-hmm. we obviously have to come back to the first question is according to what standard, mm-hmm. right? So, so obviously, if we're talking about how to handle yourself on social media, you, you ultimately have to go back to, okay, what are the principles set in scripture mm-hmm. as to how to act on social media? And you would obviously say, well, there are no rules in the Bible about how to act on social <laughs> yeah. media because social media didn't exist back then. Um, but rather than say, so then we can do whatever we want, we should go back to scripture and say, what are the principles set? And what is social media in itself? Well, it's, it's a public platform. It's, it's, a, it's a city square. Yeah. So what are we supposed to do in the city square, the public square? Um, and, then, and then go from there. So then really we're just going to define what – what leadership uh, uh, responsibilities you have in the public square. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of those would be, right, there's stuff that we would need to refrain from doing in the public square. There's stuff that we are commanded to do in the public square. And there's also things that by principle we should be doing and, and it gives us a pattern in how we're supposed to act, but not, it isn't necessarily like sp- there aren't specific commands for some things, um, but we can take general principles from scripture and the way they were commanded to live as Christians and apply them also to social media. Those are the kind of like three categories that I think of when, when I think of like, how do we, how do we ha- handle this? I mean, the first thing to be is like, okay, what is commanded of us as Christians? in a on, on a public platform what are, what are some things that are specifically commanded of us grace and truth mm-hmm. yeah yeah right the principle of of grace and truth you know not grace or truth grace and truth right to live in kindness and grace to be exhibiting the fruit of the spirit um to to show love towards people uh whenever you're interacting with them on on social media but also the principle is to speak the truth right not not shy back not be afraid or be a coward to be bold and courageous when interacting with the the public sphere um and others um specifically when it has to do with you know with uh an apologia right a defense of the faith um when it has to do with exposing evil right calling out evil for what it is. Those are things that are commanded of, in, of, of us in scripture. And that obviously involves speaking truth sometimes in a way that that can be harsh or, or at least, you know, seem harsh um, and, and come off as um, maybe less than loving, but there is uh, there, there's all, you should always have both in the sense that, um, always be doing the things that we're doing out of a motivation of love and grace, um, but also out of a motivation for honoring God and honoring, you know, the truth, being being truthful and bold to speak the truth. Um, and sometimes you'll need more of one and less of another. Or rather, I guess the better way to, to think about it is 
sometimes that grace and love that you're giving someone seems like less loving when in fact it is exactly what they need to be loved in that circumstance. Right. Right. If, if, if we want to say God is love and Jesus is God, then when we look at Jesus rebuking the Pharisees and calling them hypocrites and whitewashed tombs, we can say, well, that was, that was loving. And if you can't say that, then God is not love. So then it has to come back to what is your definition of grace and truth? Mm-hmm. What is your definition of these things? And then we come back to the age old question again. Well, according to what standard, yeah. what, who gets to define these things? Well, the Bible does. Right. Cause, cause I think we, we need to think about, um, uh, the, the, the situation with the principle, right? What, why was that an issue? Well, you know, because she had a responsibility, you know, to, uh, you know, again, she was an ambassador for her school, right? And and there is, a, there's a way, I think it had less to do with what she said and probably more to do with how she said it and where yeah. she said it, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, it's one thing to be like, hey, you know, we should, you know, maybe, maybe there's stuff about, like, say she did believe, right? Uh, you know, the actual like situation was like, um, Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, passed away and she made a comment about like, you know, a, a, a case of, uh, he'd been accused of rape sometime in the past. And she, she, you know, brought up like, uh, I don't remember the specifics off the top of my head, but basically a comment kind of disparaging him because of that case yeah. in the past. The, the post was basically, seems to me that karma caught up with a rapist. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not. That's not the way anyone should talk about mm-hmm. someone dying. People who had just died, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, um, especially when... Yeah, I mean, specifically in that way. Like, there, there, there's, there's something to be said about, like, say there was, like, you know, a person, you know, like Hitler, for example, right? We think about a person like Hitler. And, and there's, there's a part of us that, you know, say we were living in 1945... And, you know, we heard that Hitler had committed suicide and, and he was gone. There's a part of us that could say, ah, God is just, right? Like that is, that was a just, like God, you know, he got what he deserved. Um, you know, Hitler, Hitler is dead. Like God, you know, God is just. But that is wildly different than making kind of like a flippant comment towards someone who was acquitted of, of said rape, right? Like it's not even, you know, it's still up to debate on on that um in, in a lot of people's minds um just a very very different circumstance there's a very different way that we come across those things um right like we should never p- be pleased by the death of anyone um mm-hmm. when we really get down to it um right because god is not pleased by the death of even a sinner right there there's an act of justice there right like that you know, God, there's a, a, a just deserved punishment for sin that is being dealt out, but God's not laughing or smiling as he does this, right? Like that's, that's not the way that he describes himself meeting out justice, right? It's, it's a grim and, and, and harsh reality. Um, and so there's just a way that we, we present ourselves and then, and, you know, thinking about this as Christians, right? Like there's a way that we present ourselves that tells the world and other Christians a lot about who we are and how we're just, being ambassadors for christ and there's a specific way that we're supposed to be ambassadors for christ right it's like you were in the same way that you know the principal of this school there were certain policies and guidelines 
that the school itself required her to uphold and she failed to uphold those requirements right in the same way you know a, a christian has a certain standard to uphold a certain you know requirements of behavior that the bible as our policy right uh demands of us and if we fail to uphold it then we failed uh and and we we haven't um properly represented our kingdom right our our the, the kingdom of god so yeah let's dig into more like of what those things are i think i think it would be helpful to move outward yeah. so if we started with okay well how does how does the bible say leaders should act and let's go to pastors and i pulled up first Timothy three and then from there move outward and say okay well then how much of this applies to the rest of um the scope of of leaders you know how much of this applies to then every leader what are general statements of what leadership is and what is just applicable to the church yeah Am I supposed to take that then? Uh, yes, yeah. because <clears throat> yeah, okay. Obviously, Carly and I didn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Uh, okay, so so First Timothy three. It is a trustworthy. <laughs> uh, it is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God and not a new convert so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that he will not fall into the, into reproach and the snare of the devil. It's first Timothy three, one through seven. And then it starts talking about uh, deacons as well, which is mostly the same, same concept here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how, how do we apply that? Like directly to, if we're talking about social media, um, how do, how do we apply those, those standards to, um, the specifics of, of this, right? How, do, how does one live that out when you're on Twitter? <laughs> right. Um, so I guess I guess we can kind of explore the ideas of, okay, well, what what is a, a leader, right? Okay, if I'm, if I'm a, a pastor, you know, obviously I'm a leader. And so when I come to social media, these same things should apply to me. You know, I, I shouldn't act like I don't handle my household well yeah. on social media. I shouldn't... Yeah have multiple wives on social media you know obviously those are um obvious I mean, I mean, okay. statements think, there think about that though as a direct application yeah. don't be dming random yeah. women right trying to like flirt with them or whatever uh or or even just like you know be be very very careful about even just having like a bunch of like private conversations right with with some yeah. of the opposite uh, gender on, on social i media. would say i would say you could very easily and, I, and i've seen this before of like um, even even pastors writing on um, like people's posts and stuff like that, making comments about their their wives of being great and stuff like that. And I'm just like, that's weird. Like the way that you're phrasing that, sure. that's that's weird. You're complimenting somebody else's wife in a public platform in a way that's very 
you know? And so those like you, you could legitimately go there and say, these are things that, that uh, Christians, especially pastors and leadership need to be aware of, of how they handle themselves. Um, and I guess, I guess I feel like we've talked about this a little bit before, but like, um, you know, in, in writing, it's very hard to communicate things. You don't see body language. You don't see facial expressions. Uh, you don't hear inflections, all those things. And so it's very hard to communicate those things. So just in general, to be more careful on social media about how you phrase things and realize and proofread things and, and be like, okay, if somebody was looking for a way to mis, to misinterpret me here, how could they do it? So that there's, there's no way that you can be misinterpreted um, and then be looked, looked, look, look bad in front of, you know, of the public square kind of a thing. Um, so yeah, very easily you can, say stuff about that um of just being careful with other people's wives on social media that's uh that's something that we have to say today that's very interesting yeah. mm -hmm. so one of the things that i think we really definitely need to talk about is the aspect of um uh, what's the last part of that passage read that again um uh, and he must have a good reputation with those outside the church yeah. so that he will not fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. What does that mean? Right? Like, I, I think we need to, to really kind of dig into that because I think it, it could be really easy to, to misunderstand that or take that too far one way or the other. Like, what, what does that mean for Christians? Because there's obviously an aspect that if you're doing your job right as a Christian, you will be despised by the world, right? Right. Like... Right. Uh, I was just listening to, uh, there's, a, there's a great video um, on, on Apologia um, Studios, a YouTube video about um, just talking about why modern evangelicalism has failed. Um, and just a bunch of things with, with like the modern American church and, and different things that um, we're doing. It's, um, you know, that's, that's wrong. It's contrary to scripture. Um, and one of the things that they were saying is, um, we think in American church that if, if uh, unbelievers like you, that's a good thing. And it's like, you know, we should be like, that's scary. <laughs> that, that should, that should send off your, your, uh, you know, your warning. That should be a warning sign to you. That should red flag should go off. If, if everybody loves you for something that you just said, then, you know, maybe maybe there's something not right here and 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 really i would just say you know considering how many churches have so many unbelievers in them um if you say something to your congregation and everybody claps there's that's not right <laughs> something is something is wrong unless you're a very small church and you know everybody and you and you said jesus is lord and you're like <laughs> yeah I, you know you know um but for the most part, if you say something, hey, this thing is sinful, and everybody starts clapping, you could be like, huh, I wonder why they're clapping. I wonder why everybody agrees with that statement. Um, so, and 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 Jesus actually says the opposite, right? Woe to you when all men speak well of you, because so did their um, so did their forefathers to the false prophets, right? Everybody loved the false prophets because they told them what they wanted to hear, and so um, if you start saying things. That everybody loves you have you you officially have something in common with false prophets now does that mean you're a false prophet no but it should send off a warning sign to you of 
it should be woe to you. Whoa, hold up, slow down. You know what's going on here? I know that's not how the word <laughs> woe is in scripture, but that's a fun little reminder there. But uh, yeah, so to say that he must be thought of by outsiders, thought well of by outsiders, I have a good reputation by outsiders. is interesting and, and i think i think i kind of understand it i just want to kind of hear you guys' thoughts on it um i think what i'm thinking is that it's similar to how romans 13 tells us to obey the civil government where it doesn't contradict mm-hmm. god so that we will be seen as honorable yeah. among men right like i think it has to deal with you just being kind and, and respectful and and whatever right like um among men in such a way that doesn't uh, disobey God, right? Like obviously God is the priority and mm-hmm. honoring him and, and the commandments and, and his word. Um, but then not acting like a jerk um, and having mm-hmm. a good reputation, even if someone, cause I, cause I think, I think, I think there is a difference. Um, I think what came, what comes to mind is when we were at whitewater um, and you could, you could tell that the, the, the people we talked to, there was, there was a couple people who were just jerks and hated us, right? Mm-hmm. But there were people that we talked to who hated God. H- hated God. Hated absolutely God. hated God, but they loved us. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. They, they, they loved it talking the with us. Experience. They knew that we loved them, right? And, and they were absolutely directly in disobedience to God, running mm-hmm. full speed away from him as far as they could. But they respected us. They loved us. They understood why we were doing what we were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because we took the time and explained it to them in a very clear, concise, consistent, and kind way. And I th- and it, and it wasn't it wasn't and like just recently I had to explain this to to somebody of just like why we do evangelism the way that we do um, is I don't I don't ignore being a Calvinist, you know. I mean, not only is that in- intricate tied to the gospel and how you proclaim the gospel is obviously those Calvinistic beliefs that God is sovereign over salvation, total depravity. Jesus is the only, only, uh, you know, good thing that you can, uh, that, or I, I should rephrase that total depravity would be, you know, I could do my, in a, I'm unable to do anything good apart from Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like those types of ideas, um, like when we explain those things to, the the people at whitewater um you know they would be shocked and be like like whoa like you're you're going that far like it it was kind of like we were stepping onto thin ice like whoa like you're saying god is sovereign over all things there's so many problems with that and we were like yeah but that's what the bible says (laughs) and instead of it being like a oh they're just church people and they just have blind beliefs they were impressed by us they were like and they would question us and they'd be like well then is God sovereign over evil things? And they'd be like, yeah, I mean, we can show you right here. This is what the Bible says. And and they were like, wow, like these people have answers. These people aren't like, oh, well, just focus on God's love. They were like, no, this is what this is what the Bible says. And and we explained it to them. And it was not only, you know, in a, a conversational way of, you know, talking those things through, but and, and like Caleb said, like they respected us and thought we were very kind to them and respectful, but we took a stand on something that most people wouldn't take a stand on. And so we got the respect of the public square. We really, we, we really did. 
um, which was... Yeah, you knew what you believed, and you have had a reasoned defense, and you did it in gentleness and respect, which is... It was, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I was just thinking about that today of how much I miss going to Whitewater. We should do it that was again. just such a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we should try to do that next year at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking I'm going to be up in Madison, you know, and yeah. uh, do, do the, the only thing would be is if I get that electrician job. Oh, Carly disappeared. Bye, Carly. If I if I get that electrician job, I'll be working Monday through Friday. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, and so there'd be no way I could do it then. But uh, like, I really want to continue and go back to that. <laughs> there she is. You back? Hello, welcome back. Hello. <laughs> computer kicked me out for some reason. Weird. Silly computer. Um, you know, and, and, uh, first Peter two, 13, um, through 17 basically says the same thing that Romans 13 does in, in respect to the government, but also like, it just, it just, it says it for the same reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a King as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. A uh, little footnote, cause you talked about this before. That doesn't mean that Hitler was good or that Hitler should have been respected and obeyed. Uh, there is a just and righteous resistance of authority. Um, but uh, verse 15, for such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the King. Right. So, so do these things so that when the world looks at you, they don't see rebels and anarchists. They see people who are, living well under the system in which they are put and yet they're resisting they're resisting the ideologies they're resisting the sin and they're different and they're and they're trying to conquer and yet they're doing it in a way that is respectable it's it's like it's like playing chess with somebody or or uh let's say, let's say playing poker with somebody and not betting more than they have it's you're 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 playing a gentleman's game like that's the kind of mindset that we need to have when we go um, and witness and like uh, Saiten Brukenkate um, has said before with um, like the ideals of presuppositional apologetics um, that it's a very powerful tool to destroy strongholds and totally destroy people's worldviews um, by, by using the presuppositional um, method of evangelism to, to say, I presuppose God and Romans one says you presuppose God. The only difference is I have faith and I'm uh, professing him and confessing him as Lord and you're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. That's the difference between me and you like using that methodology of evangelism um, really puts like destroys people's worldviews and you can take that idea and be a real jerk about it and you can, um, you know, take out people's worldviews and then just leave them, in smithereens and not point them to Christ and not be loving and respectful with it. And then you've, you've lost, you can destroy someone's worldview, but then not be able to point them to Christ because you're not acting like them. Which is almost worse sometimes. Like when like Apologia always talks about how a lot of Mormons get convinced out of the Mormon church, but no Mm -hmm. one ever really convinces them to the real Christians. And so they're just left, you know, 
they're um, shunned by the church and by a lot of their family most of the time and their lives become horrible because they're not a part of the church anymore, but they don't have a real saving faith. Um, and so there's like, it's, it's even less reason for Mormons that are questioning to leave because like they see other people that have changed their mind and left and they don't see that it's any better. But if we give them the real truth of the gospel, then they actually have like a new set of beliefs that is more consistent with the way reality actually is. Yeah, so I think one of the things I want to push the conversation towards, too, is um, uh, the idea of, well, just kind of figuring out, okay, so this having this reputation, right, before before men, um, right, we, we want to be um, speaking in grace and truth on social media. What, where are the lines, um, right? Specifically when you're talking about, like, you know, people all the time claiming like this is one of the main things that gets talked about in reform circles on twitter is oh you're being too harsh right you're 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 saying this in an unloving fashion um and there, there's so much that goes into that conversation of what is unloving on social media and what isn't what because there is an aspect of harsh truth that should be spoken in certain circumstances and situations right people that just need to be knocked upside the head with things um and then other times we need to be as as uh gentle as you would be with like pottery or you know a fine glass figurine with 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 others so where what are the lines for like definite lines of like what is unloving what is not unloving how do we know that as Christians, if we're on, on social media um, and we want to follow, right? Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up the one in need and bringing grace to those who listen. What does that mean? Because I think people, different people have different definitions, right? Like what what's the definition that we have in scripture? Is that a rhetorical question or are you asking? Actually, asking I'm actually it? asking. Uh, I mean, t just to, as I quickly Google some verses here, um, <laughs> as a, as a, as a quick, just like, you know, preface is if you look at Jesus and how he acted, um, and just like I said before that he called the Pharisees hypocrites and he called people to repentance. And when you even, you would talk about Peter, um, in, in acts two and the first sermon he ever gives is he addresses 2000 people and calls them all murderers. <laughs> you know, it's like, if, if I, if I got go emasculate of, themselves, <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, if I, if I went to an abortion clinic or an abortion, let's say, let's say I went to an abortion rally and for some reason they let me preach, they gave me a microphone and I was I able to speak rally. to wow. 2000 abortionists or, or pro, pro aborts, I could yeah. say. Um, and I said, if you have had an abortion, you're a murderer. The, the American church would crucify me. Mm -hmm. They would. They would hate me and they would say, how dare you talk to people like that? You need to love them. And, and you could just point to Peter the Apostle and say, <laughs> that's the first sermon that ever was, was given was to, to Peter addressing 2,000 unbelievers and said, 
repent, you're all murderers, you killed Jesus. And they all came to Christ. And that's how the first church started, right? Like, <laughs> as we, you know, explore these ideas, oh, Carly's gone again. But uh, like, as we explore these ideas, we obviously have to, <laughs> if we, as we even just look at these verses, and I see Soli Dea Gloria, CTC is posting a lot of them, which is very helpful. Yeah. As I just ramble on and I'm totally not looking at the verses now. <laughs> um, but we have to leave room for our theology to not condemn Jesus and the apostles <laughs> for, for how, they, yeah. how they witnessed, how they preached, how they evangelized. You can't say, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth and then say, calling someone a murderer is unwholesome talk. And B have it a consistent theology. <laughs> and I think this yeah. is where yeah, we I think this is where we need to we need to come down on is is there certainly could be. But yes. I think what we can see from the, the witness of the apostles and Jesus and the prophets and, and basically anyone else who wrote in the Bible at all, right, is that there is a time for different approaches, right? Different mm-hmm. different situations require different approaches. And um uh, answering a fool according to his folly in one case, right, um, right. Mm-hmm. might call for uh, something that could be considered unwholesome in another circumstance and vice right. versa, right? Like something that it would be considered very loving in one circumstance when said to someone who really doesn't need to hear that could be considered mm-hmm. unloving, right? 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 Like um, having a situation where someone's in an unrepentant sin and you never call out that sin and instead just... Um, you know, pander to them, you know, uh, just say, oh, God loves you or whatever, right? Like, it, it's unloving in where in another circumstance, the saying those exact words to someone else would be totally the right response. Mm-hmm. So and I think one of the verses here that really helps is um, Colossians 4, 5 through 6, the one that Solidio Gloria posted. Act, wise, act wisely towards outsiders, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Right? There's an yeah. implication there, there that there's a diff, there's there's different approaches, right? Everyone is going to have a different answer that you should give, um, but make sure that it's always gracious and seasoned with salt. But again, that that that's different depending on the person you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And again, Paul saying, you know, I've become all things to all people that I might reach some. Like, we have to know how to approach other people um, in certain situations in order to get across the gospel most effectively. Yeah. So it was one of the things that comes to mind, though, when we're talking about this and, I, and making the argument, right, that there is a time and place for things that would be considered by some to be ungracious. How do we handle that if we're talking about social media, which is a public platform, which anyone can just come up and see a tweet that you've tweeted or whatever, right? Right. What's the is there is there a different line for public reprimands, public harsh truths? versus private harsh truths um i would say i would say two things right off the bat first of all if we're talking about rebuking a christian matthew 18 go to them one-on-one yeah that i would say immediately we have to make that distinction but then i would say on the other hand of that um there there's a, a recent recently there was uh um a youtube video again by apology studios it's like i watch them all the time or something actually it's a side note i went back through like how many youtube videos of apologia studios that i had watched and it was like hundreds so i i spent like well i just started scrolling down their videos and seeing how many had been yeah yeah yeah, i was just like i've seen like hundreds of hours of these or just like listen to them you know but uh uh, there was one where it was uh 
um, three pastors and a beer. And it was yeah. Jeff Durbin, Doug Wilson, and another Doug guy Sumter. I didn't know. Okay, I don't, I don't know who that is, but um, they were all <laughs> he, just he talking theology. He the other big church in Moscow. Or okay. maybe he's Reform. one of the, Oh, no, he, he used to. He's one of the pastors at Christ Church, I think. I think he okay. actually... I was just talking with uh, Aaron Siever the other day, and I think he actually went to... Or, yeah, yeah, Christ Church. Yeah, Christ Church. I don't know. You're he's right, you're Moscow, right. He's one of the other... He's, he's working with Doug Wilson in, in yeah. Christ Church. <laughs> right. Um, so those three were talking, and, uh, you know, and they were in a bar, and that's where they recorded it, and one of them was drinking a beer. And somebody, like, commented on the uh, Facebook post of it or whatever and was like, like, whoa, what about, you know, your Christian brothers and sisters in Christ who maybe are alcoholics and maybe this will cause them to stumble? And uh, apologies just responded and was like, Jesus drunk, drank alcohol in the Bible. Um, and that was recorded in scripture. All, all scripture is God breathed. And that was recorded in scripture. And it's like, if by, if by me drinking alcohol publicly is going to cause people to sin, then Jesus did that. Yeah. Jesus had it recorded in the Bible for all Christians to read for all time that he was going to drink alcohol and did. And, and that knowledge is now open to every Christian ever. Yeah. And is that going to cause them to stumble? Well, if it does, then Jesus sinned, right? So, so then you've got a problem. So I would say the same thing when it comes to um, uh, uh, posting things in the public square, um, you know, or even, or even just an evangelism with, with, um, you know, well, I guess it, this would be in, considered with unbelievers if you're, um, if, okay, let me, let me, let me back up a bit because I'm getting confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm con- being confusing. Um, something that, you know, people have always tried to tell me is like, you know, don't, don't talk about those big theology issues on, you know, public Facebook and open um, because unbelievers are going to see, you know, that you have these crazy beliefs and then they're going to be driven away from Christ. Right. And you just look at scripture and you're just like, well, <laughs> Jesus talks about all these things in front of unbelievers. Jesus told parables to unbelievers specifically for the fact they weren't going to understand it. And Jesus explains that in Matthew 13. Yeah. That's something we've talked about on the podcast before. Right. Yeah. So there are certain things that, that Jesus Jesus told parables for the specific purpose of driving unbelievers away. Yeah. From yes. Him. Yes. Right. And, like, and, and Jesus did that with all sorts of things is 2000 people are, are following me. Well, I'll turn around and tell them if they don't eat and drink me, you know, they're not of me and they didn't understand that. And so they all walked away and yeah. the 12 disciples were left and they were like, I don't understand. And he was like, are you going to leave me too? And they were like, where do we go? You know, like that's, that's the picture that we see in scripture. So if by, going into the public square and um, and social media is one of those quote unquote public squares and talk about some deep theological issue and unbelievers see it and they run away. Well, have I driven them away? First of all, you can say, where have I driven them to hell number two? They're not any more unsaved than they were before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, if by talking about the word of God and talking about a theological issue, and addressing sin or whatever it is and that drives an unbeliever away or turns somebody off to Christ. That's not, <laughs> that's not bad. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like somebody coming to a church service and hearing a sermon and being not wanting to be a Christian anymore. Well, good. Now they know. 
You know, uh, we shouldn't try to hide our theological beliefs or our Christianity from the public square for fear of unbelievers either not understanding. Um, we want them to understand, but for fear of them not understanding or for fear of them being driven away. Because as soon as we start worrying about those things, what was going to happen is we're not going to go to the public square. We're not going to preach the gospel because we're so worried that our theology is going to drive unbelievers away rather than trusting the sovereignty of God. Yes. Trusting the sovereignty of God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, um, what was I, there was a, there's a thought that I had earlier and I think it has fled me since, um, I'm trying to, as I just fill time here, I'm trying to remember what I was attempting to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, right. There's an aspect of this that is, um, you're, you're never going to say something that won't offend someone. Right. No matter what, <laughs> what a, you say. What a statement. Right? Seriously. You you seriously won't. If you tweet on Twitter once it, and, and every single person in the world read that tweet, someone would be offended. Right? No matter what that tweet was, someone would be offended. Probably. Um, it's just the way that people work. Right? The, the, people will find offense in anything. And so you have to take that with a grain of salt. Right? You have to be um, don't you can't be hypersensitive with this. Um, right. Because if you are, then you just won't end up saying anything, um, which is and, 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 not good. And to right, and to clarify, like we obviously need to be hypersensitive. If my brother sins against me, I'm not going to go to social media and be like, "So and so owes me fifty dollars." Right. Yeah. You know, that's obviously if your brother sins against you, go to him one on one, and that's obviously the, you know, where that's supposed to be. Um, and so I understand taking those types of conversations in private if you think they're a sin, absolutely. But if not, I'm going to talk about you know, how I think wanting to send your kids to the government to be public schooled by the government is sinful. And I'm not going to try to shy away from that unless I am overstepping scriptural boundaries, which I'm not. And so those, those types of ideas, we shouldn't shy away from those things um, because we're going to scare people off. And, and this is what I always say about like, um, actually, this is funny because Stacy and I were just talking about this type of idea at work because, um, you know, we got on the topic of homosexuality and we were like, you know, you know, I have people who like we have such a like a stigma about homosexuality in the church of like, um, you know, just not loving people who are homosexual or, um, you know, just making schneid comments about how we need to fix them or, you know, whatever. Um, or you talk about Westboro Baptist church, right. Of just focusing on that sin and although no other sins matter, you know, all of those things, um, um, we don't want to single out one sin. We don't want to say homosexuality is the only sin or, you know, abortion is the only sin. But then again, if somebody is, uh, let's just take abortion for example let's say i go to the abortion clinic and i say abortion is murder and i'm trying to plead for the life of an unborn child and i'm trying to share the gospel with these women who are bent on murder and by me saying that by me taking a stand against abortion 
people will say, no, 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 you're just going to drive people away from Christ because you're focusing on one sin, you know, something like that. Um, which, which we're not doing, right? We're trying not to do that when we go out to the abortion clinic. We're not saying abortion is the only sin or anything like that. So we're staying consistent there. But if by saying this is a sin and that's going to drive people away from Christ, they were never going to come to him to begin with. Because if yeah. in order for them to come to Christ, they have to compromise with a specific sin. Christ, I'll give you all other aspects of, my, of me. I'll repent of all my other sins, but I still want to retain the right to murder children. That's not a Christian. And we, we obviously know that. And it's the same with homosexuality. Are we going to go around and, 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 and say, you know, you have to repent of your homosexuality? No. But if somebody says, is this wrong? I'm going to say, yes, absolutely. And I'm not going to try to focus on that particular sin in anybody that I think is a homosexual, you know, because that's going to unnecessarily drive somebody away. Um, but if it comes down to, hey, you need to repent of this sin and they say, no, I'm not going to repent of that sin. And that's what drives them away. That's, that's okay. Like, right. Like that's a good thing. We don't want to try to get people to half repent or mostly repent. Mm -hmm. And if by, by being specific with the, with sin, people are going to be turned away from Christ, then so be it. Right. So I guess that was kind of confusing. If you guys want to kind of sum that up a little bit, that might help. Yeah. Carl's what, what are your thoughts on <laughs> Um, I don't know how to rephrase that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to go directly off of what Connor said. I, I, I think I understood what, what you're, what you're getting at, Connor. Yeah. I, I just, okay. you just haven't talked at all, um, Carly, or a lot, not a whole lot. So I just wanted to yeah. pass the ball to you. Um. So, 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 since you don't have anything, the the verses that Solidia Gloria posted are very pertinent i think of just this idea um i i'm honestly kind of shocked it's funny how you can read the bible and then somebody can post a verse about something and you're just like i feel like i've never read that before but no um second corinthians 4 2 through 6 instead we have renounced secret and shameful ways we do not practice deceit nor do we distort the word of god on the contrary by open proclamation of the truth we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, for, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think, um, I think about when we're talking about like the responsibility of social media and, um, how to, how to interact in this space is I think we, we should be giving the people we interact with especially other brothers and sisters in christ the benefit of the doubt more often than not mm -hmm. uh, i think that's something that people do an awful job right. with um yeah. and something oh, yeah. that i have to, i've For had sure. to learn a lot um mm -hmm. is assuming instead of just asking right right um say right. someone says something that you're just like oh that sounds like weird that doesn't sound biblical ask right. them right like don't right. don't come out guns ablaze and say ah you're a heretic right um 
have a conversation with someone. Um, mm-hmm. Be sure that you understand what someone's saying on social ask media. For clarification. <laughs> because it's so easy, especially because of it's text-based. So you, you don't get right. facial expressions or tone. And then also you only have 280 characters, 280 characters to work with per tweet. It's a, it's a very limited space. And and again, I, I, I cringe when anyone, when anyone says, you know, we should just shouldn't have any arguments on social media. I, I cringe when people say that because then yeah. it's like, what are we even on social? Like, are we going to talk about anything? They don't, they don't have the, right. They don't, they don't go to the public square because it's the same thing. Exactly. They don't preach the gospel in the public square because it's going to cause conflict. But I mean, you could even say like, like me going to preach the gospel. And, and like, we've seen this when we went out to Whitewater with Casting Light, we had an older gentleman come with us and what he was trying to teach people was different than what we were trying to, to teach people. And so, like, if we're not going to have that righteous conflict, if we're not going to say, um, you know, I'm going to go preach the gospel, and if people have a problem with this, then, you know, whatever, I'm being faithful to God. If we're not going to do that stuff, then what's the point? I mean, we ne- we're just never going to preach the gospel then. We're just never going to have deep theological issues that we, you know, are digging into. Um, because, <laughs> because we're going to have conflict. Right. And, and I think, I guess this kind of goes into the other topic that we were going to talk about. Um, we won't talk about now, but just like division in the church, right. Um, you know, there needs to be division in the church. And I think there needs to be more division in the church because, um, we need to talk about these types of things and we need to start calling sin sin. And we need to start saying, if this is sinful, then we need to repent. And we need to start having those types of conversations within the church. And I think unbelievers need to see it too. I mean, we don't need to be public with our, uh, calling each other out, uh, one-on-one in sin, right? Right. The Matthew 18 thing, but I'm going to call Joel Osteen a heretic. And that brings people to a greater understanding of the truth. And I'm happy for it by me saying this person is not preaching the gospel. This person is, is not a Christian. Those types of things where we can actually look at people's fruit and judge based on scripture of what is the gospel and what is not and learn all these things and discover all these things and point unbelievers to better places of theology. Like that's a part of our job is not only to teach them what is right, but to condemn what is false. And we have to do both. And if, as soon as we start saying, let's not do those things, we come into so many problems. Yeah. And, and so, right. My point was, um, you know, I, I cringe when people say like, don't have these conversations on social media because they are important and we can have them even on Twitter, even on Twitter where you have 280 <laughs> characters per tweet, you can have them if you just are not a jerk. And you give people the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, right? Like right. I've had so many helpful and encouraging and good theological disagreements on Twitter that have been incredibly productive. You just have to know how, you know, as our, our brother Chase always says, you just got to learn how to talk to people, right? Like just, just be a person who is filled with grace um, towards others. That that's the that's the main thing, especially when they are talking to you, right? Do not mm-hmm. answer them in in a way that is um, unkind or um, do not provoke them to anger, right? Like the the idea, like don't don't antagonize people unnecessarily. 
Um, if someone is coming out at you, all all gun, you know, guns a blazing, antagonizing you, you know, then you can respond in two ways, right? Don't answer the fool according to his folly, so just ignore him, <laughs> or answer the fool according to his folly, and, you know, give a biting remark that points out how absurd what his comments was, and then leave it alone, mm-hmm. right? Those are two responses, mm-hmm. but but when you're just having a conversation with someone, you are just as responsible to make sure that right. conversation is kind and well-received as they are, right? Don't don't mm-hmm. just assume, whoa, whoa, wait, you know, like, why are you accusing me of this? Take the time to explain, take the time to be kind, take the time to give them the benefit of the doubt, to not assume tone, right? I think this is one of the worst things about social media is when people assume tone, never assume tone if you think that they are (laughs) that they are they're talking to you in a sarcastic way or right a a biting way or an angry way or whatever ask for clarification don't just assume that they're attacking you say hey you know what do you mean by this or you know i i think i I think you know i think i disagree with you here here's why what do you think there's all sorts of ways that you can just have normal human conversations with other people um on social media it doesn't have to def- to um to uh devolve into chaos um and you're just as re- and, and and that's why i think i titled this the responsibility of social media is because it is a it's a responsibility it's a it's a deep and important responsibility that we have as christians because social media is a tool that can be used to honor god or dishonor God. And so our responsibility as Christians is to honor Christ with social media, right? Just as our, our tagline, honoring Christ through creativity, we are also called to honor Christ through the way that we interact with each other and with uh, non-believers on social media. Um, yeah, great verse that, that Sola de Gloria posted. Um, my beloved brothers, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. Um, right? Those those are important things to to keep in mind when we're we're having these conversations. Um, and uh, otherwise, you're going to have a miserable time on social media, and you're going to make other everyone else miserable on social media. Um, don't constantly respond to people that you disagree with uh, in a sarcastic way that makes that where you're trying to make someone look like an idiot. Um, it's just not nice. It's not fun for anyone. Um, you look like a jerk, uh, right? There's a time and place to to be hard and fast and strong with the the language that you use, um, but it's not when a, a fellow brother in Christ has a th- theological disagreement with you. Right, that's not the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Carl, do you have any any thoughts? Nope, fresh out. <laughs> Connor and I have just been um, monopolizing the time. Did you see Kathy's uh, question? Right, that's what I yeah, that's yeah. What I figured we should yeah. So so Kathy uh, Kathy Pinch uh, read on. I read in chat. I've seen a lot of Christian versus Christian on social media lately. Uh, Christians getting defended. that might be due to me. <laughs> Christians getting defended by someone calling out specific leaders or books, for example. Can you talk about that and how to handle it well online? I mean, we talked about that somewhat, um, but we can probably give give more specific um, details. Details, yeah. Um, 
I mean, one thing to know is that the apostles named names. Jesus named right. names. Yes. The prophets named names. Right. Um, I, I don't know where American Christians get this idea that we can't name names or that someone who is a, an unbel- you know, a false teacher or whatever shouldn't be called out by name specifically, but just it's, in general. It's I don't a, know where a, we get it. It's a courtesy thing. It's a it's a respect and gentleness thing. It comes from the American mindset. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. Right. Um, it, it comes from the Southern hospitality kind of Christianity. It comes from the American type of Christianity. Um, you know, it comes from all of those things. It doesn't come from Scripture. Right. Um, but when but when you start questioning those things and saying, well, that's that's not how we're supposed to act. This is what Scripture says. People don't know how to handle it because when somebody's been lied to. Um, they don't know how to handle it. Or if someone's been the liar and they just feel uncomfortable about naming names, you know, they, they just say, well, I don't know how to address your verses, but I don't like it still. And, and that's happened. Uh, you know, I've, I've, that, that's actually happened to me. I've actually talked with the pastor about, about those specific issues, literally that specific issue of, well, what's the problem with naming names? I was like, that's, that's a good thing. The Bible does that, you know, <laughs> Paul did that. The apostles did that. We, they named names and they warned people about false teachers. And that's a good thing. And that's important. Um, and uh, the, re- the response was, was, I mean, that was it. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> did you just, did no. you just accidentally, it's the auto auto moderator thing on the channel. Um, it just it just removed. I don't even know like half the time if people are actually actually swearing. Yeah, I don't know because I, <laughs> I don't know what it's set to do. So I just need to like take that off or something because then it del- then it yeah, deletes just, all the messages just, that people have, right, have, have sent. Right. Yeah. Just just turn that, that off. Uh, we can I'm just manually right remove people. That We're right not now. that popular. We can we can handle the chat pretty easily. Um, yeah no but uh <laughs> that's funny uh sorry i totally lost my train of thought now because that was really funny yeah um yeah so so you know i've actually talked to the pastor about that and the response was it's mean you know i, I understand the scripture behind it but i don't know where i stand yet so we're just not going to do it or you know i just think that that person is being mean when he does it so let's not do it and it's like if we're not going to go back to what does scripture say and place our authority on what scripture says, then what is the point? What are we doing? Uh, There's, you can't do anything or go anywhere from it's mean, but you can go a lot of places from, well, this is what the Bible says. And you can actually get concrete truth in its place. Um, But until then, you know, that's just it. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't have a, a conversation with a Christian when they don't go to scripture. You can't you can't do it. Yeah, I, I you know what that is a very good thing to point out here is that okay so if we're talking about um, your responsibility with social media as a Christian, do not argue from your own opinion. <laughs> just don't. Yeah, I I was thinking about this recently of how just growing up in the public school system, it's constantly been ingrained in me don't make an argument in like an essay or something if you don't have like a source to back it up with to like prove your point. Mm -hmm. 
and I it just hit me the other day like why don't we hold Christians to the same standard in like theological discussions like if you have a a opinion on something that you are saying is scriptural then show me chapter and verse like yeah. I want to mm-hmm. know where you're getting it from yep yeah, and I think I think the important thing to point out there is a lot of times people will be like, "Oh, I am using, I am citing my sources in this." Like, I, I, what about this thing? What about this cultural thing? What about this book? What about this speaker? And then it's like, okay, that's that. It's like if you're writing a paper and it's like, okay, this this paper is about, um, you know, the history of America, um, in the fourteen or in the fourteen in this, you know, in the eighteen hundreds or whatever. And then the person is citing a source about some completely other time and time in, in history, completely other culture and has no relevance whatsoever to, to the time period that you're supposed to be writing the paper on. That's what it's like when someone is trying to make an ethical point or a theological point and they, and they don't cite scripture to make that point. It's like, no, as Christians, that is our ultimate standard. Um, and it's our only standard, right? If you're, if you're arguing from any other point, right? If you say, uh, but you know, Jeff Durbin said this, I really mm. hope that you're not, that's not the final point of your stance, right? It should be, uh, right. scripture says this. And then Jeff Durbin also said that, right? Like right. If, if we're not able to go back to specific chapter and verse, then either the conversation is probably not important enough to even have, <laughs> or, yeah. you know, you haven't done your research. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay, let's. I guess. I guess. Um, I don't know if 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 Kathy, Kathy has seen all of my uh, recent Facebook debacles, or if that's what she's getting at. If she's talking about something else, I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think it's important for us to obviously call out bad theology. And uh, um, actually, Carly, you might have shared the uh, the what video on Jesus calling. Did somebody give it? Yes, like, like question you on those things of like. Yeah, someone like there are some people that were yeah, like, "What's wrong with Jesus calling?" Like, I it was like one person that commented. I thought more people would, but it was one person <laughs> saying. Um, I like, think I remember that. Yeah, it was one person saying like, "I've read this devotional and read scripture, mm-hmm. like read the scripture that it that it gives," um, mm-hmm. and like I'm a mature Christian and like you know and i was just like well but you have to consider the source of like yes it has scripture in it but it's not necessarily like i don't know how to it's it's not i i found it yeah if you want me to just read the the interaction um so so somebody wrote i read jesus calling and read the scriptures that the comments are drawn from i am a lifelong mature christian i can't see how sarah's young's Sarah Young's writings are rotten fruit. And you responded, because the way she claims to have written them is drawn from pagan practices. There's nothing wrong with reading devotionals in scripture. That's great. But we have to pay attention to what we're reading and who wrote it when we're reading something that a man wrote as opposed to divinely inspired scripture. Um, and, and I think I was with Mickey when I read this and I, I literally was like, I literally told Mickey, Carly is so good at Facebook responses. I literally she said literally that is. Her. She's yeah. so good Thanks. at them. <laughs> I I've always noticed that. Avoid them, so. <laughs> right. But you're very good at like just responding in a way that's mm-hmm. that's clear and, and disarming. And concise. And yeah, disarming, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
you're very disarming. That's, that's, yep. that's something that I lack sometimes. Um, so yeah. Um, there's a continuum. There's a continuum here. I think you're the worst at it. Carly's the best at it. I'm kind of in the middle. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is like when, when I've had conversations, like let's say when that, when that a huge abortion uh, thing broke out when I had like a hundred plus comments from unbelievers who were like, abortion is murder. What you're going to an abortion clinic. Like, like, yeah. you know, I thought I handled myself so well on that and like, and of, of just disarming people and slowing people down and having, you know, good discussion and arguments and stuff like that. Um, and yet still preaching the gospel and all those types of things. Um, and I feel like when I get into those conversations with Christians, it's a very different aspect because instead of being disarming, like Carly is very good at, I usually am just like, well, this is what the Bible says. And, and that's not disarming to people. It's, Which it's infuriating it, it, it's, it's to people. It's disarming to people in the sense that you're cutting off their arm that was holding the weapon. Um, <laughs> right. That just kind of makes them more angry. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, uh, it's like the Car- scene in Monty Python on the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. Car- it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Where, where Carly's like, Carly says, "Hey, hey, how about you, you know, calm down. Let's put down the weapons, right?" And you're just like, ah, I just cut ah, off the arm. I'm Peter coming, coming, trying to cut off the, yep. uh, whatever his name is, his head, and just catching his ear. Yep, yep. Um, no, but and and I feel like I would defend my position on that by just saying. If, if I, if I can get into a Facebook argument with a pastor and quote scripture and him not quote scripture back, get angry and disagree and run away. I, I feel like that's, I feel like that's a, a good thing. And I feel like that's an exposing thing that I think is a good thing that it happened. And that's kind of how I've always seen it is, you know, I can make a post about something that I believe from scripture and to have a pet pastor come along and question it with his own opinions and his own idea of what church culture should act like, and me respond with scripture, and for him to get angry and say, I'm done with this conversation now because you're wrong. I want those kinds of things to be in the public square. I, I, I want those types of things where if, if a Christian is not going to come to me one-on-one, like Matthew 18 suggests, if they think that I'm in sin, and they're going to publicly denounce me, I'm going to respond, well, this is what scripture says. And if that if that is... Um, bad if that is uh you know i don't i don't know i don't know what to say from there you know what i mean and and by all means i don't think i've ever been perfect on social media whereas i would argue that carly has been perfect on social media (laughs) in some occasions right so wow (laughs) (laughs) um i thought no i I mean i thought that response was perfect i don't see it well you know you know, but I feel like I can definitely look back and see how in some ways that I could have been more disarming, which would have been helpful. But at the same time, I grow tiresome and weary of Christians responding with hatred to scripture to the point where I'm like, give me more. I'm like, come on, Christians, get angry at scripture in front of the whole world. Come on, let's let's just have at it right. because because this is going to expose what American Christianity is like. And I'm OK with that. Um, and would I, would I prefer to have those conversations one-on-one in person? Yeah. I'd love for them to make the time to, to, to come and talk to me like that, but (laughs) that they they don't want to do that. And, and I guess that's okay. You know, if they want to be the, the people who are the ones publicly denouncing 
scripture or publicly putting themselves against scripture. Um, I don't, I don't see how that should be a bad thing, but I, unless, unless either of you had any other takes on that or Sole Deo Gloria or, or Kathy, um, because I don't want to ever, I don't want to ever be the people or the person that social media thinks I am, or the, the most, some of the Christians on social media think that I am, that I'm an arrogant jerk that will never take criticism. I just won't take criticism unless it's rooted in, and, and, you know, the ideology is of what scripture teaches, you know, it's, it, you know, and, and for me to respond with, okay, all right, I understand where you're coming from, but this is what the Bible says for them not to respond with, well, this is also what the Bible says. We need to be consistent with scripture. Like I, I, you know, so, so I never want to put myself up against, uh, make myself look arrogant um, in that sense, which, which Christians will get, well, I mean, we'll get those, those attacks. Like yeah. people will definitely call us arrogant yep. because we're standing on an infallible truth, which makes us look close-minded mm. because we are, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> close-minded means that the, our brains aren't leaking out the side of our heads, right? That's like, right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. My, uh, my pastor, my pastor always says, uh, I don't remember who this quote is from, um, but he always, um, someone said, once uh you know if if your mind doesn't bite down on something then like you're not gonna right yeah you need to be open-minded in the sense that you'll you'll intake yeah. new ideas and new thoughts but but close-minded in the sense that you're not gonna just have it go in one ear out the other and you'll never settle on anything mm -hmm. right you'll never be like this is the truth yeah. right there's a sense of open-mindedness and closed-minded closed-mindedness that we need Okay, this is something I always think about when we talk about the idea of being closed-minded or wishy-washy in theology and never actually like standing on one thing and saying, this is what the Bible says. I think I think of just being non-denominational, right? I think of this verse, uh, James 1, 5 through 8. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach and will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Of just, just the idea of like not standing on one thing in Scripture, being never rooted, and trusting in one aspect of theology. You know, that's I mean, you just take credo baptism or pedo baptism as a as an example. Okay, um, if I can convince you one way or the other every other day whether you should baptize your babies or at believer's baptism. If I can convince you either way, once every other day to change your views on that, I don't think you believe either of them. Yeah. And if you take that to the nth degree and say, this is what the gospel is. And then the next day I can tell you something that's slightly different than the gospel I preached to you yesterday. And then again, slightly different again from the day after that, you know, um, and you don't notice those types of things and you're like, well, that's the gospel too. And, and, or no, actually this is the gospel or, or, you know, or that's the gospel. You don't understand the gospel. You don't believe one of those things and you need to believe one of those things. Um, truth is not relative. Truth is objective. Mm -hmm. Scripture is objective. Um, and so, so if we are going to talk about, um, 
if we're going to talk about scripture and being planted and rooted in the word of God and, and stand firm on it, like we need to do that. And that means I am closed minded on theology, not in the sense that somebody couldn't change my mind. They could, if scripture points to that, but I'm not just going to change my mind every time somebody comes along with a good argument or an emotional argument that's, you know, takes me to one side of the sea or the other tossed to and fro every shifting wind of doctrine, you know? So I, I would prefer to be planted in the truth and that's okay. Bill. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. Any, any final words, final thoughts? Um, no. <laughs> I mean this, okay. The, the last um, I mean, it was a couple weeks ago, um, but when all of this was happening at my school, um, I was just, the, the thought kept being reinforced in my mind that public schools are horrible. Like just <laughs> the entire, just, just as a add on, because we always talk about it. Um, like just the fact that one of my teachers mentioned like, said something about this is pr still probably one of the safest places you can be and i was like mm -hmm. that's a lie not like <laughs> no, that's i feared absurd. for my life in a place where i was supposed to be educated that's not does your like, school have like no. armed security guards uh we yeah do we okay well at least there's that and we had extra that week <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, but I mean, still. even still, like that's that's just not true. Unfortunately, um, public mm -hmm. schools are some. I mean, they're they're kind of targets <laughs> for people who yeah want to. And and I mean, let's just let's just talk about the other way too. I mean, that's not just that's an outside force. Let's talk about the inside dangers of the public school. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, right. not it's only could you talk about well, yeah. other kids physically, you know, assaulting or sexually assaulting one another in a public school. Right. But I mean, you just think of what is being taught in a public school. And those are the types of inside dangers that you also have to be aware of and you have to be prepared for, you know, so. I've actually been seeing a whole bunch of videos on Twitter recently, um, mainly because I follow a guy. Um, I don't remember the name of his Twitter handle or anything like that, um, but he's like a, uh, basically a school choice advocate. So he talks a lot about how the public school system mm -hmm. is failing and all that stuff. Um, and and so he has been like retweeting a bunch of videos of literally like you know security guards um teachers other people in a public in these public school systems literally like assaulting kids just like video after video mm -hmm. after video after video <laughs> of them just because they can just do whatever uh, they want right because it's like okay right. these kids and oh they're trouble kids so i guess we just gotta you know lay into them um, and anyway, this is always completely off to end, or off the point of the whole podcast, but that's, it's just, it's not the most. I brought it up. Place. Yeah. It's yeah. just something I was thinking yeah. constantly that whole week. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I guess, I guess let's, let's clarify again before we get it attacked. You know, do I think that any parent that sends their, their kid to public school is in sin? Absolutely not. But I think that the, the, the rules that are set in scripture, the guidelines and principles of how to train up your child in godliness. I think if you have the option to homeschool and you don't take it, 
for a lot of the reasons that we've been told <laughs> of why yeah. people's parents don't don't homeschool. Uh, you know, like I'm lazy. <laughs> you know, I, I obviously think that that is sinful. So so let's just clarify ourselves there, and you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Before we get some more Christian versus Christian yeah. on social media, am I right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and 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 I always am. Uh, I always like to tell people, you know, and and since you know, Kathy was talking about Christian versus Christian and said not Connor specifically, <laughs> like you know, if, if there's any everything that that somebody thought was handling incorrectly or or didn't do, you know, the way I would I would love to hear somebody's somebody's thoughts on that and and you know. So that's another, uh, I think, really good way to kind of like wrap up this conversation is just be open to criticism and let people know that you're open to criticism. And also people, you should be open to criticize, right? Like be, especially if you know this person well, don't be afraid to send them a private message and say, hey, I've been seeing the way you've been interacting on social media. You know, can we, can we talk about this? I've had, I've had people do that over the years. A couple times, right? I've had people because, you know, there was maybe like, you know, certain situations I handled badly or maybe a pattern that I had begun on, begun on social media. The, the, the reason I am the person I am today is because those people had the guts and the kindness to talk to me and say, Caleb, you're being a jerk. Stop. Mm-hmm. And I have appreciated those conversations so much because they're so helpful and they're, they're really good heart checks for me. And sometimes I'll disagree with them. Sometimes I'll say, right. hey, you know, I think I disagree with that that I was out of line there. But there's always a good conversation to have to keep reminding myself, right? Like people are watching. People are watching, right? And right. we have a responsibility as Christians to be good stewards of social media. And, and I guess like. If, if you know the person well enough, then mm-hmm. I think reaching out and saying could we meet in person and talk about this mm-hmm. would be better than yeah. doing it over social right. media because there are still ways that that could be misinterpreted and yeah. it's just safer to do it in person if you know the person well enough that that would be yeah an appropriate kind of thing right yep. my rule is usually if i'm going to see them within the next month um and and obviously that they would actually be open to having a conversation in person i'd rather have a conversation in person but if i'm not going to see them in the next month I'm going to talk with them on social media and that's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but, but I think, I think those rules change when it's somebody attacking you for what you're believing. I would much rather publicly defend myself and let them expose themselves than to not answer the fool according to his folly in a public setting. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. I would also be open for somebody to say that that's not okay, but I am not a doubting person tossed to and fro by every shifting wind Yeah. at mm-hmm. this moment. Yep. A uh, good verse to kind of end with um, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. As a prisoner in the Lord, then I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love and with diligence to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Thank you, Sola Deo Gloria, for giving us a whole bunch of cool verses to, yeah. to supplement this or rather be the basis and foundation of it. <laughs> um yeah yeah 
Uh, just a quick shout out as we're kind of wrapping this up to all the people who give to my Patreon because uh, I still haven't gotten around to um, whipping up some cool new you know, starting screens, break screens, end screens where I can put up everybody's Patreon, uh, all, all, you know, all the names they give to me on Patreon, which I was hoping to be able to do soon. And I will still try to do that. Um, but just to, to get some names, you got uh, Ethan Stoltzfus, Josh Vincent, Carly Pinch, uh, Alyssa Albee and Emily Valdez who gives to me on Patreon. If you want to support this podcast and all the other stuff we do on Twitch and on the internet at large, um, you can give to me on patreon.com slash Caleb and powers. And there's cool things that you will get on there, such as exclusive access to various art things that I create. And right now I've been posting chapters of my uh, novel I'm working on right now called to look skyward. It's an epic fantasy novel about a, a, poli- a frustrated politician trying to figure out what to do in a totalitarian government. And, uh, with magic. With magic, yeah. There's my control magic. <laughs> the, the actual pitch I wrote up for it is more complicated than that, but I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, yeah. You can find us on Twitter, at Christ underscore art underscore show, at Facebook, at facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show, and at our website at christianartistshow.com. I think the Christian Artist Twitter account and Facebook accounts have always done social media perfectly because we only post <laughs> the links to our our stuff. That's right. all we ever all do. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, just as just as one final thing that I think I sometimes don't follow, but Caleb, you do that. I've been learning from you in terms of social media, just to kind of end on. You don't always have to respond to somebody. You can let them just say whatever they want, and if you don't yep. think it's worth responding to, just don't respond to it at all. And I guess we kind of answered that, but. That's something Akil has been teaching me a lot lately is uh, sometimes you just don't answer idiots. Yeah. <laughs> that's something I've had to learn. Do not just... answer the fool according exactly, to his right? Exactly. That's how I, that's something I've had to learn just through trial and error of getting to fruitless conversations with people. Like I, I think yep. for me, a lot of it is I, I get really bothered by those sorts of conversations with, with people who are, you know, say something and I'm like, Oh man, this is just going to go downhill and then I start, I, I keep thinking about that conversation all day because I'm, I'm having to keep, continue to respond to this person. And I've learned that for my own personal sanity and health, um, I just ignore it, right? I just, I turn off the notifications. I mute the conversation. I do whatever is necessary and just be like, uh, you know, I just don't want to listen to you and I don't have to respond to you. So I'm just going to ignore this comment because I don't want to get into this conversation. It's going to be fruitless. And that saved me so much time and energy and uh, mental sanity that I can use towards more productive things in my life, you know? So sometimes you just you don't have to respond, right? You, that's its thing. It's your social media account, right? You don't have an obligation to respond to, to everyone who, uh, to talk, uh, talks to you and responds to you about something you say, right? Like, you know, just the other day I had, you know, someone respond to me and, and basically, you know, say like, Oh, Hey, I agree with this comment, but why did you feel like it was necessary to make this comment? And I was like, Okay, That's well, I don't feel like it's necessary. I know it was it was weird and antagonistic, and <laughs> right, and the weirdest exactly. Thing to say. And and I was just like, I mean, I don't feel like it's necessary to respond to you, so I guess we're just gonna, yeah. just gonna ignore this comment. <laughs> so, 
Is it on Twitter? Yeah, it's on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, excited. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's, yeah. My, most of my conversations like that happen on Twitter. I don't often post controversial things on Facebook <laughs> uh, just because I there's a lot of people that I, uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of people I don't think I'd want to have conversations like that with on Facebook where I feel more comfortable having conversations with the people that I interact with on Twitter. Um, but there's there's been more and more overlap as time has gone on of where I'll, I'll post controversial things on Facebook. But, okay. Yeah. I just realized that you guys have all been having a conversation on Facebook <laughs> during this podcast. <laughs> and I, I've just been, I've just been looking at it. We're really oh, good that's at, really Carly funny. and I are really good at multitasking like that. <laughs> yeah. Caleb hiding behind this exposure. That's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, funny. Oh my gosh, Carly, what? <laughs> How dare you? The eggs. The, the eggs. eggs. Is that... <laughs> I might make you laugh, so I'm happy. <laughs> yep. Yep. That always makes me happy, too. Aw, <laughs> <Aww>, cute. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm just being attacked today. If you want to, hey, this is how to handle us on social. How to, we just talked about how to handle each other on if social you happen, media. If you happen to be friends, with, Matthew eighteen us, man. If you happen to be friends with my brother Chase, then you can go see the the absolute <laughs> trashing of me that has been done on Facebook today. <laughs> so that's the thing. You came to my you came to my rescue, Carly, and then you just threw me under the bus again, and I'm just so conflicted. I don't know how to, what to think. You're you're lucky that I love you so much. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this has been The Christian Artist. I think we're done here. Have a great week.